This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, an unofficial podcast for Leader Games Root. Episode 138, Root Key Actions. No, that's way too fast. There's going to be too much time. <laughs> Featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Music by Brian Capillus. I like that because I know that that will probably take you too long for how worth it it is. So that's good. And I think that would be a good subtitle for, for this, this show. show. <laughs> too long. Space Cats Peace Turtles. Too long for how worth it it is. <laughs> Our value to length proposition uh-huh. is pretty obscene. It's always a bit I would too say, much. Always a yeah, little bit I, more than I would say. Necessary. We are regularly. I can't. Um, I can't believe Hunter that it used to take me four times longer than it took us to record. Is how long I spent editing. I I just had a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand how that's. I know enough about editing now to not understand why what you mean. I was but meticulous. I guess, yeah, so you were just like every little every thing um, out. everything I would try to s- snuff it out. And also, that was back before I understood some some tech th- now we're getting into technological mumbo jumbo, but Let's do it. I Love would it. hand I would hand level everything to Ooh. get it to the level and like I would take the little line and draw it to be the exact rather than just like knowing what a hard limiter is. I remember when Alex Told us I'm gonna say how us. to do it. Yeah, yeah. Told yeah. us how when to audio Al- edit. <laughs> when Alex saw the episode file, he was just like, "Why don't you just use a limiter?" That's something we can. That, you know, we've never credited like, him. What for is that? that? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> how dare so, you? <laughs> so, if you've ever won, you know, Alex, I think it, it will always be a big part of the show mm-hmm. because he changed our lives. Yeah. <laughs> And made the show Better. maybe five hundred percent easier to yeah. do. Yeah, with just the thing we if, didn't know. Okay, about. I'll say this much: without Alex, without that, without me learning that from Alex, what is about to happen to my life would have stopped the show. Exactly, it would have been like, <laughs> "There's a baby, show's over That's now." That's it. Bye. That, there's and no then we way all we I just have... pack up and go. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually. Uh, before before we get into our topic today, which is uh, just kind of a general overview of Root, this is one of those episodes where we wanted to do yeah, something bigger. Yeah, can we talk about that then, for a second? Sure, How sure. We yeah, were, yeah. Today was supposed to be the Marquise de Cat. Uh, we were going we to do an overview of the Marquise uh-huh. de Cat. And as mm-hmm. we sat down to write the overview for the Mar- Marquise de Cat, we went, there is too much going into this. And there's too much writing on this. It's too it important. It was going to be... It was going to be a Cats episode where we also did a general overview of Everything all of the basic functions of the game. The whole game, yeah. And I think, well, you know, I mean, a, a two-hour-plus Space Cats Peace Turtles episode is uh, not weird. No. But maybe in this case, it is worth it to not have our basic overview of the game be married yeah. to one of the faction Absolutely. Um, overviews. So yeah, that's kind of what we and it's it's we probably could have done that for Dune, I guess. Yeah. 
although the way Dune is, so actually this is probably a good place to start, ju- justifying our choice. So the way a lot of the root factions are, are the way they work mm-hmm. is a lot of them have incorporated exceptions to the rules. So, well, I would go a step further. And sure, I, w- I would say T.I. and Dune are factions are exceptions to the rules. Root okay. factions are completely new rules. The, sure. The guidelines to how you score points are embedded in your faction. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah. What you're saying makes a lot of sense. Because that, that was the problem with us incorporating all of this into the cats. Yeah. Uh, over. We had to define way too much just mm-hmm. to talk about the cats. So it's better right. for us if we actually define some core concepts, uh, right. what, what the rule book de- defines as the key actions of Root. We've decided that we, we got to hit that stuff before we can then take those key actions and apply them to how they are used in each faction. Exactly. Nailed it. Because then I feel, and also I feel like this is probably more approachable for people getting into Dune. Yep. Root. <laughs> into <It's> Root. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this. We can't still... even cover three games, Hunter. <laughs> we can't do We are incapable. There are people out there that there talk so about many... five board games in a single podcast, and we can't get three board game we names. We can't get straight. three games in our head without mixing them around. And yeah, you're right. Every other show is like, I played this. Here's my 10 minute take on it, yeah. and then another game, and then another game. <laughs> and yeah, I can't even. Wow. I think I'm just thrown off because I'm about to have a baby. Um, have i not talked about that on the show yet i am getting a baby soon um and that is the verb i like to use getting (laughs) i'm getting i'm having that's weird that's a weird way to put it i'm definitely getting one but (laughs) i don't know if i'm having one it's not dinner okay Jesus. Sorry, I have weird. It's it's as you know, as you as you all know, it's it's been a weird week, and I think I got a lot of stuff gunk. Hunter's built got up in pent me. up comedy, comedy gunk. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very, it was a very not funny week. Yeah, no basically. So yeah, I feel like uh, getting some of that out there. Um, but yeah, so we're 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 here. We're going to talk about basic root stuff, and also give you an opportunity to hit us with some errata yeah. on our even basic understanding right. of Root, we're, which, by the way, I think might happen and be fair yeah, if I it does. Yeah, I think super duper we're going to be wrong <laughs> about some assumptions in here. Not that we're going to be making yeah. any like big strategic assumptions here, but mm-hmm. but even just from the framework of like how we approach factions. And I want to be really clear, too, that in, in these early episodes, we are not... These aren't strategy guides yet. They just, they, boy, yep. they can't be. <laughs> we're yep. not, we're not there. But we can talk about what, what I'm going to think about with each of these faction uh, overviews is what finally made a faction click so that I could mm-hmm. actually play it with any level of confidence. Because right. with every faction that you play, there is a, there is a first time you play it where you're like, I have no confidence at all. What's going on? What is this? This is a mess. Um, right. And then you, figure out what it is you're actually supposed to do so all of these are going to be that so so this is setting the the framework for how do i equip myself with the right language and the right um you know mechanics to understand how to get my feet wet with each faction yeah it's it's all about our goal here isn't to make you super good at root because we're not so we can't do that but we could possibly save you some time yes. uh, in getting a- acquainted to a faction. So that is, yeah. that is, I think, a more reasonable goal. Um, 
I want to say this is not a rules episode. We're not right. going to go through every rule and route. Yep. Uh, it's actually pretty pared down. What we're going over today are what I would call the specific, well, the key actions. It's in the title. It's okay? in the title. But, but these are these are the rules that specifically, I think, relate to what factions do action by action. Yes. And these are the neutral ones. Right. So obviously some factions Everybody's are going to do things. To yeah. some extent. Some factions are going to do things that are not listed here, and that's because they're their own thing. Um, yeah. But these are these are the things that almost every faction is going to touch on, almost on either all three of these or two of them or none of them. Actually, I just remembered <laughs> the, one that the whole whatever. You, yeah, that is for the faction overviews to get into today. We're talking about what it means if there were a vanilla faction that had nothing and was mm-hmm. only scoring points through like the ways all factions can definitely score points yeah that's what we're covering today um for sure so so let's i think let's get into it and and the easiest way to start this topic is with recognizing um the three categories i really i actually do want to like lay it out like an introduction Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about um what what i think of it in terms of the three types of components and that Mm -hmm. dictates the three key actions which honestly we're bending the rules of even what the key actions are in the rule book to, to kind of our own uh, needs but you have your wooden pieces and your wooden pieces go around the board and they move and they battle so moving and mm-hmm. battling with wood is like our one section of the game dimension yeah. of root yeah our second dimension of root is the cardboard so our buildings and our tokens and this is where you see the most uh, divergence from the factions the the sure. buildings yeah, yeah. and the the cardboard does totally different stuff with each faction and and yeah. and that's a whole huge topic that every episode will really really get into so in this episode it's going to actually be really really pared back and just like a hey, let's just talk about buildings for a second but buildings and tokens are, are a big uh component and the third is the uh the cards themselves which is right. the, generally what you craft with crafting and and what you do with the deck of cards in the game those are your three main components so wood with moving and building mm-hmm. cardboard with buildings and tokens and cards with crafting those are the three things we're going to capture today and uh how they all contribute to the end goal of winning the board game right and how do you win this game? <laughs> you need there are 30. Two ways, I you think. need 30 victory points. Uh, and those are uh, literally all achievable through these different means. And some factions are better at one or two of these things and really bad at a third. Or some like actually do kind of need to be a jack of all trades. Like the factions dictate which of these things you take on. But all three of these types of categories are the only ways that you get points in real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're trying to distill root down to ignore the board, um, ignore your faction sheet. What components do you have left? Uh, it's basically all those things. Yeah. Somebody's gonna be like, "But well, what about the like crown thing for the moles? <laughs> that what is that? What does that mean?" I don't know. A- it literally could go in the garbage, and it still would serve the same purpose. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk about uh, the most basic of this, which is the moving and battling. So of course, mm-hmm. root takes place on a map. Uh, this is a this is units on the map, you know, kind of kind of board game, and we are uh, able to move our wood around. Um, and there's a couple of incredibly core concepts to why that matters in this game. Mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. the biggest one of those is ruling ruling a clearing uh in in root is it kind of activates everything else right most sure. other mechanics in the game have some relationship with whether or not you rule a territory and right. ruling of course can be a rule that is broken by other factions but generally I would say speaking, it's like a coin flip whether your faction actually has cares. to care about rule right. or not yeah. but generally speaking ruling is uh the player with the most total warriors and buildings in that clearing tokens and pawns do not contribute to rule yeah so the most buildings and warriors if there is a tie between uh players in a clearing no one is the ruler and then on that rule, there are literally three different factions that very obviously break that rule. And there's a few other factions that break it in a multitude of ways. So without getting into the nitty gritty of like who does and doesn't actually care about ruling, let's talk as though everybody does care about ruling and what we are trying to do with our units to have a good board presence. If this is yeah. a if this is a game about armies on a map, what are we doing with those armies, generally speaking, Hunter? Uh, well, we're go- we're gonna fight, and we're we're gonna try and score points by removing uh, cardboard from the game. Mm-hmm. I, I before we get to battling, though, I wanted to talk about this idea of like in 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 root movement is based off uh, the idea that you either need to rule the destination where you're moving your your wooden your wood to. Or you need to rule where you are at currently. Right. Um, it's a two-way and, street, and you can go on either yeah. side. Right. And that's really and one easy thing that to I th- mess up <laughs> or yeah. get confused by. Right. And one thing that I think is really interesting about that rule um, is that it creates a situation where your wood, depending on the faction you're playing, can get routed. Like it right. can get cut off from the rest of it and just be stuck. Right. You know, I've got one cat that's sitting in a clearing in the corner and I don't rule anything near that corner, that cat is just stuck now. Right. It can't really, it can, it could battle. It it's leads just to, one cat. Right, it can just battle. You know? It leads to, depending on the importance of that territory or the importance of getting that cat out of there, it, it does lead to interesting story elements within the game where like literally I've gone on rescue missions. Yeah, me for, too. For, yeah. <laughs> for that cat, whether maybe not directly to, to their territory, but like you, you battle to get into the one adjacent so that that then that cat can get out and join his friends or whatever. like that. It's such an interesting concept that that you feel that story amount. Like, oh man, he's just trapped over there, and I gotta guys, we gotta break him out. We gotta get him out of the clutches of the right. lizard cult. Like we, we right. This, it's now or never. And um, from the other perspective of you know, if you're playing one of the more, uh, I'll tell them call them like wood light factions, mm-hmm. the kind of usurper usurper factions is that you can kind of cut off the chain of rule and make it more difficult for a faction to respond to you. Right. um, Depending on how you have cut that up. Yeah, you have an interesting tactic against territory-based, you know, very very much control-based factions. You can mess up their whole game plan by just throwing off the rule of what then they're mm -hmm. able to move around. Mm -hmm. So, So, yeah, even in just getting your stuff around, rule can be very, very important. But obviously, rule has a has a bigger importance in that is generally how you uh, get buildings down. And we'll talk about, yes, we'll talk about actually placing buildings in a minute, but to talk about what your units on the map, how how they can go about either protecting or taking new ground. I think there's, there's a, there's a couple kind of general rules we can try to apply 
with with where our units are and how we spread them out. Obviously, throughout the game, we're trying to like just accrue more and more units so that we can hold more swaths of territory. Um, and for for battling as a defense, I think honestly, I think in root, I do way more defending than I do uh, attacking. Generally speaking, um, it's just your style as a player. I th- well, I, it's where I feel more comfortable. Um, okay. and anytime I'm like half, like when I play as the eerie and I have to be just like, move, attack, move, attack. I don't feel comfortable <laughs> in that. Right. I feel like at any moment this could fall off the rails and, and mm-hmm. just go, go into turmoil and be terrible. Um, so defending always feels better, but what is the key to a good defense? I would say is generally as you're moving units around the map with, with the factions that care about like a decent number of units, three units protecting a building or token is generally speaking a pretty good defense four is obviously even better why but the reason we talk about three units is in battle (laughs) okay in battle uh your dice uh you're gonna roll two dice right and they're gonna score hits of zero two three which means in any given fight you can only do up to three damage. Now, obviously, certain factions can pretty easily like do multiple battles back to back. Sure. But even with that in mind, if you have three units sitting on top of a building, that person has to dedicate two fights to do that. Now, and even if they do dedicate two fights, they are not guaranteed to even right. win versus your three. Right. Yeah. So, so three units is generally speaking a good defense. Four, if you want to be really safe against um, factions that can easily get extra hits in combat, mm-hmm. or whether depending on how the abilities go, three to four units is definitely enough. The second you hit five or more, it starts to feel a little bit like overkill. If you're sure, just talking yeah. about purely defending a territory that is important to you, right? But uh, in relation to to the rule rule, yes. which is that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, all, sometimes I do not have to fight another player in order to steal rule from them. All right. you have to do is have more stuff there. So yes. if I rule the clearing next to so-and-so and I've got, uh, let's say, a crazy, like, eight eight wood, yeah, and I just move that over to that clearing, well, guess what? Now maybe you can't win with the dominance victory right. card if, that, right. if that's what you're going for. Yeah. Um, so there's this balance that happens to you all game between keeping yourself spread out and having good defenses and blobbing those units together to do big rule attacks you don't have to Mm -hmm. do a battle to win the fight right you just need to get there have more stuff and maybe they have trouble doing anything in the in their own attack right that that's also Mm -hmm. why i feel like the defense is a better thing because if i can just move more units in stop your rule and then you have to fight me to deal with that problem Sure. That's yeah, yeah. that. That's. I mean, uh, depending on the faction, the the odds can can go. However, but like making you spend the action to have to battle me, generally speaking, is actually in my favor because right. many factions in this game have kind of a light action economy, and and every battle that you are forced to do is a is a problem for them to have to deal with. Right. Right. Especially um, if you have put. Especially if they're routed. Yes. You know what right. I mean. If you route a big blob to where. They cannot. They can't move to any of the neighboring clearings, right. and they're just stuck there. Yeah. Then yeah, they're gonna have to waste actions. That's, right. That's great. Actually, being able to do that to someone uh, would be a really good turn. I think. Yeah. Um. The the only other thing with within all of that then is at the very least, if you have a token or a building on a space on the board, uh, you very much should probably have at least one piece of wood there. 
Um, and this right. is just be, just this is just to cover your bases on the defenseless rule. Um, basically, anybody who attacks a territory that um, has no wood protecting it, they score that automatic hit anyways. So again, we go back to the thought that like, well, someone can attack a, a, a territory twice. So even one unit isn't like saving your butt. Right. However, it, it's it's certainly it forces them to maybe do two attacks or or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. So if I, you know, if if I'm, this is something that's like it doesn't specifically maybe apply to something like Woodland Alliance, but something like the Corvids and the Otters and these other token based factions with like l- a somewhat lighter amount of um, warriors, I try to keep one warrior everywhere where I've got a token that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So this is this is all just to say, like, if you're looking at the map, the, a, a core thing to be thinking about is where are those choke points of how can you route people away from their stuff? How can you inhibit movement? How can you launch proper attacks? And how can you defend your own stuff? Those are like the three main things you're doing with your wood on the board is just like mm-hmm. overwhelm, attack, or defend Yeah. at any given moment. So... Um, to then move that over to like the next thing and, and what is truly the the more point focused part of this. I, I think moving and battling is kind of the the stepping stones to what is the more important factor, which is the building and destroying of cardboard. Right. Buildings and tokens. Um so I don't know, Hunter, can you give me kind of the, the breakdown on on what it is the difference between I guess buildings and tokens yeah. and, and how all that So like kind of as we're as we're stepping out of our uh, move and battle section, I just want to say that that one of the main ways that you will go after well, it's not one of the main ways, but it is a way. And in route, you pretty much get points. However, you can get them yeah. um, is by removing tokens by attacking buildings and tokens and removing them from the board. You score victory points each time you do that, um, which means alternatively, when I am playing a faction and I place a building and token on the board. I am placing another victory point yep. that's open to somebody else. So that's why we're saying like, oh, you, you need to defend your buildings because right. people literally get points uh, from destroying. Right. Them. You're so not leaving... just losing stuff that's helping you in the game when you yes. lose a building. You are giving up <laughs> people. You're, you're giving up your edge and giving people the access to more points. Right, and I can hear people right now being like, okay, I, pro- I just won't build buildings then. That's my cool strat. <laughs> I figured it out. No buildings. I'm going to ha- do a no building run where I don't build any buildings. Nuzlocke, so no the- building route. All right. Yeah, it's yeah, Nuzlocke route, no buildings. Um, so the thing is, though, they very cleverly, and I believe this is some sort of game design thing, uh, but I'm not, a, I'm not a designer, just a regular boy. Um, each faction generally scores points through some magic of placing buildings and tokens on the map so you got you got to make points available to other people in order to score points yourself and generally speaking the buildings and tokens scoring is kind of the bedrock of each faction at the very least it is it is the framing like you're saying the bedrock it's the framing mechanism it's like what the rest of your faction is based around Maybe mm-hmm. it's not your absolute best way of scoring points. Maybe you have other mm-hmm, ways to mm-hmm. score more points, but it is still the framework of like how you get your board presence in a in a good enough position to then do the other scoring of points that is right. worthwhile right. to you. Right. And and obviously 
this doesn't apply to Vagabond. Vagabond is excused from the sure. section. I will say, the, though, even just in, in terms of if we're talking about building tokens, like the the acquiring and building of items in their stuff is very critical to their sure. success. Yeah, yeah. Their action okay, economy. Okay. So, so the idea of acquiring cardboard is still very important to them but it it absolutely operates in like such a fundamentally different way that it's hard yeah, to yeah. address here yeah vagabond was definitely invited to the move and battle party <laughs> and now that we're in buildings and tokens they're kind of hanging out on the they they only they they primarily only apply to the let's kill other people's buildings of course yeah. of that. so they're very they're very good for that so um let's talk about suit um, in yeah. general, because now suit has come into the now di- into our universe, um, so we can't just place. Well, we can just place buildings wherever we rule most of the time. Right. Um, actually, I don't know if there's an exception to that rule, but there probably will be one. So I don't care. Um, <laughs> but where we place our buildings and our tokens uh, will strategically have uh, some. There will be some uh, effects of that. Yeah. Um, each clearing has a suit. There are three suits. There's the fox suit, which some p- people think is a wolf suit. Um, there's the bunny suit, which uh, everyone knows is a bunny, and then the mouse. Everyone knows that's a mouse. Uh, there is some. <laughs> and confusion yet, I on still the fox. always see mouse and then say bunny. And I don't. Oh yeah, know I why. do that a lot too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so those are the three suits. Uh, whenever I have a building uh, or token in that suit, um, why would it ever matter what suit it's in? What What's the reason? That that would ever even matter. Those Why would are I going even need to, to think about that. Those are going to correlate with the cards that you're going to be playing later. And I mean, we're we're not going to get into like the entirety of card anatomy, but suffice mm-hmm. it to say that what you are able to craft later, and we'll get into crafting, is directly dependent on what suit the building is in, because the crafting yep. can only be done by the building itself. So not only is the action of placing the building on the board or having the building on the board in some cases. Um, netting you points it's also netting you the ability to score more points through crafting yeah which we'll get into later well that that's why we kind of say like this this part of the kind of trifecta trifecta we're talking about today buildings and tokens does feel like the most like yeah this is where you're gonna get a lot of the points like right. a lot of the points come from generally right. this whether part it's of the game. in the action of the building itself or in the opportunities the building grants you you need it you you have to you got to play the token game baby it's all about the right. token game um right. so so they're they're your points they're other people's points they're craftable points and it at and that is where we start to get into what i think becomes the the second level of root strategy that you're going to start to get into with factions which is where am i strategically then trying to place these buildings i could just like mm-hmm. whatever's available get it have it go for that and that you know that that'll do what it does but then you're also right. just getting whatever cards into your hand that you end up with but there right. is some logic to like how you should spread out your buildings if given the opportunity and the choice and if your faction doesn't like some factions have a completely different way to consider buildings and tokens. Yes. And that consideration doesn't have anything to do with this. Right. But in a, it's, this is kind of, I feel like our goal in this episode, you know, when you take like a physics class <laughs> and it's like in a perfect situation with no, with, yeah, in the vacuum, with no friction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, this they is our attempt to find things in, fixings, in, in, in physics with no friction, even though we live in a, 
very right, friction filled right. world. But that's the only way that people ever figured out physics, right. by the way, is right. like that was completely necessary to break it down and get that theoretical. Yeah. So that that is what we are attempting to do right now. Are we ready to get into what will probably what could easily probably be its own episode? Yeah, yeah. We want to talk about crafting. Right. I, I'm ready to talk about crafting because I think I think buildings are actually mostly self explanatory except for what they do to crafting. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> we have to define that to like really understand the rest of the mechanism. And let's also say at the top here, today we're gonna center everything around the base game deck. There is mm-hmm. obviously in the uh, uh there there is available out there the Exiles and Partisans deck and this like really shakes up the impact of like what crafting totally means and yep. i think hunter and i very much have a um desire to do an exiles and partisans episode in the future um, right so we will do that but today most people start the game with the base deck so we're gonna frame it with if, if we're talking about learning root we got to talk about the base deck because it's i it, do want to say though fair. The, for anybody that's that's groaning right now, yeah, because they're all about. I, we are, I think, frankly, all about the Exiles Absolutely. and Partisans deck. Um, this is just to be considerate to people that have the base deck, and also we have had more time with the base yeah, deck, yeah. so I we understand feel it better. I can't, I can't talk about the Exiles and Partisans deck. But if you don't yet. have the Exiles and Partisan deck, and you are you want to get it, you should get you it. Do get it. it. Super duper. It's so do good. It. Yeah, <laughs> it will probably be just as root develops it's the new until, god they throw another deck at us right but, uh, <laughs> i'm sure they will um but i i consider it uh in my opinion standard in my games i i, yeah. I want to play with it as much well as possible. and and in the there isn't necessarily like a competitive scene yet of root but in all the conversations yet. i've been having with people yet. of like trying to maybe think about developing that it seems like everybody agrees that like base game would not be what they want to see in, in mm-hmm. that competitive scene. So if we start to really get into the strategic depth of this game, I think Exiles and Partisans is where we're going to start to stay. But but again, yeah. today we're talking about learning this game and getting getting used to these mechanisms from a, from from nothing, from zero. So crafting, uh, this is so hard to talk about because every single faction relies on crafting in very, very different ways ways but suffice it to say that you every faction will come up against crafting whether it be for the abilities that you can get through crafting or through the points that you can get through crafting or in the even just like sometimes like the card denial of making sure other people don't get Mm -hmm. access to the points Mm -hmm. that are available like there's a there's so many things that happen with these cards and i mean honestly that really is like the beauty of root like there's all sorts of cool mechanisms and all the different factions are cool but the fact that this card deck is in between all of that and also is this hugely thematic element is like to me the most impressive part of the game is that like this deck works when everything else in this game is thrown into such chaos. Yeah, that's a good point actually that <laughs> that this is all like that it's that all grounded cards... in this mechanism. Right, right. Yeah, it's it, it is uh it is actually doing a lot more work than I think I thought on first blush with mm-hmm. the game, you yeah. know. Uh, and now as I've gotten deeper into it, I, I also feel like this part of the game is kind of the last part to kind of set into your brain. Yeah. Everything we've talked about thus far is pretty simple and straightforward. Right. right. Th- um, this one is like coming from a TI background, you know, we're used to an action card deck. And it's like, yeah, that exists. But it's like sometimes that's not a big part of my game. But like right. 
the deck of cards in this game is always a part of your game no matter you yeah. don't get to avoid it well maybe you're not always crafting a bunch but like the suits and everything else just always matters so so keep that in mind as we're talking about this that we recognize that there are a multitude of ways that the generalizations we're going to make don't apply to certain factions or certain situations we right. are just trying to come at this from again a very very vanilla point of view yeah. so let's talk about the most basic thing that crafted cards do which is the items themselves that you can craft for points directly without getting yep. into all the crazy wacky abilities that then can change up the game just there are uh cards in the deck that are like this is some coins and it's worth three points and you craft it with two bunnies uh of these here's a sword this is worth two points and you craft it if you have two fox clearings right so the, what do you mean by two bunny or two fox clearings what does that mean exactly so in the bottom left corner of it it says that you that that like that's the requirement two two uh bunny clearings and your faction will determine it'll tell you with the faction what you craft with whether it be a building or a token or whatever but you need to have cardboard on the board um and if you control two separate bunny clearings or have the cardboard in the two separate bunny clearings uh you can craft that card so right. that's where the area control of this game becomes vitally important is in the mm -hmm. ability to craft these items um uh not to mention also that these items have a limited supply throughout the entire game. You'll see it at the very top of the map, but there's two swords. There's only one anvil. There's only one crossbow. There's two boots, this kind of thing. So we have to take all those factors into account when we think about the worth of different craftable items. Like Hunter said earlier, every point matters in Root. So like mm -hmm. sometimes it, it, like you're not like deciding not to do one point and instead doing that. Like you get every point you can get, but there is a little bit of noteworthy items that are like hey the anvil and the swords are really good or the anvil and like root t especially like I, to me root t is the is the greatest is the best item in the game for everybody what does it require to, so, to craft it uh, it only requires one mouse and it gets you two points and there are two root t's available so this is Yummy. contrary to like the anvil which is one fox but there's only one anvil available so it's it's just kind of this rarity thing that you you end up with it so like if you can get a hold of a mouse clearing and get the root T cards, like you can get a decent amount of points from it. And not to mention too, like if you're the vagabond, root T is very good for you <laughs> because yeah, you can yeah. refresh so many more actions. You can do so much more on every single turn. So just in general, those cards are kind of a high commodity to, to me. Um, but, but regardless of even all of those like really hyper specific considerations, uh, your, your big focus is on recognizing when, a card is worth losing from your hand, right? There mm -hmm. is a pace to root where sometimes, depending on your faction, like revealing that card or having access to it and waiting, like sometimes you just need a fox card to do a thing in like with fox yep. clearings yep. or yep. whatever. And so you you are constantly weighing whether or not this card is worth holding on to to craft or if I have to use this card for an action. And that is like the balance of crafting. Um, and and it's not any more clear than it is with the points themselves. If I decide to use this coin for an action instead of the three points that it's worth, I, I basically, I just lost myself three points. Now, maybe I, I never expected to get two bunny clearings, so I know it's not three points I'm ever going to get. But if I can easily get two bunny clearings and I'm going to still use this as an action, I, I lost myself three points. And, and yeah. that's definitely how I think about 
the crafting deck um very That's specifically how I think with about items. it too yeah it's just like everything has a cost to it even if it's like ah, it's, i have to do this that's what every if action you're doing, feels like if you do what what matt just described where you're throwing the coin away like that i think you're i think you're in trouble i think you're I think yeah you're, you're in a desperate and, situation you and that that, yeah. that should be the context with which you do that action is like hey this is this is this action saves my game so i gotta do it yeah yeah uh what else do cards do they, they give us points we can spend them generally as there's generally an economy where we spend them to do certain things within our faction mm-hmm. um, which obviously we're not talking about that at all today right. but some of the cards they just give you abilities they just right. give you things you can po- you can do um are those important are those are those always important are they never important why would they be in the game if they were never important but rhetorically like, are <laughs> rhetorically they... speaking this is where honestly this is where I struggle personally the most with the game. Yeah. In terms of understanding the value of a thing. I was surprised to hear you say that you don't, you feel like you, you don't. Yeah, you and I have have an opposite opinion on this where I don't necessarily try to get that many abilities a game. And that's probably to my detriment, to be honest with you. But, but Hunter, you really like to try to get as, as many abilities as possible. You're trying there, to up so, your, your action economy, sort of. So thematically, a lot of the the abilities that you so essentially you can you can either craft the card to create an item or you're like crafting it to turn it into an ability mm-hmm. i guess yeah that would be that's my that's the best way i can that's describe interpretation it. Um, <laughs> a lot of the yeah it's like what are what's happening thematically i wish i want to oh, someone should explain that to me but uh <laughs> but uh actually i'm pretty sure that's described in that really good essay about foucault um oh, yeah. the bio power thing yeah, uh, yeah that's we should talk more about that eventually but um so you, generally, they are giving you uh, extra actions that you can take right. um, every round, or you know, within the context of a fight, uh, an extra hit or an extra defense. Right. They're just neat little extra add-ons, um, and they have themes, which are the, which is pretty cool. Right. Um, by suit, so each card has a suit, obviously. Um, the bunny cards all seem to be focused on like economy or like, I like to put it like logistics. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them will allow you to do an extra movement or, um, they'll allow you to draw an extra card. So it kind of does both. And, and strategically Um, think, uh, thinking, I think this is why you see a lot of people focus on bunny cards, um, when they talk about root, because that economy and logistics, it's like most bunny cards, give you just access to doing more things and doing more things is generally really really good and root compared to the other two suits which we're about to get into but like bunny is definitely a focus in the base game deck. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. having having a couple bunnies gives you access to some abilities that are going to widen how much you can do with a single faction by I'm down to bit. just call them out if, if you have them nearby I don't have the text in front of me but you know there's like better burrow bank yeah which allows uh, you get an extra card, and I believe someone else does too. Is that right. how that one works? Yeah, yeah. You can you you get a card, and you d- like dictate somebody else to get a card, and it's just really great for for card draw in general. But but and mm-hmm. they, they have other abilities where it's just like you get an extra move or you get an extra right. battle, and and those mm-hmm. things like we talked about earlier with moving and battling, if that costs you one of your actions, of which you only have like two or three or something, like every action can matter in this game. Yeah. So the yep. abilities giving you access to more total actions is actually a a huge benefit it's actually um almost all of the, not all of them but almost all of them have a nice kind of hunter's law yeah thing going on yeah definitely where you get them and then they're all they're pretty much always available to you 
available to you. They're always right. helping you. And generally speaking, the earlier you get them, the, the more valuable they're going to be. They kind of all have like a Sarween tools, neuromotivator yes. type thing to kind of cross the streams. Yeah, to right keep this there. talking about TI. Uh, the, the mouse suit is a little bit, is, is very much not Hunter's Law. It's They're very sure, situational. Yeah, yeah. They're much more of a resourceful kind of, uh, they almost have an espionage feel to me, but it is very much just like this ingenuity, like, oh, we had a plan for that. Or, ooh, we had we, we, we had a way to get around that. They're all mm -hmm. abilities that, oh, I can see somebody else's hand, or I can block an attack, or I can, you know, it's like, it's just the element of surprise. But obviously, right. these are abilities that don't come up all the time. Um, so sometimes you can get a mouse ability that then actually never nets you any benefit. So what was the value in in paying, you know, paying the crafting cost of that card and losing that card and not having access to that card for other actions you need to take throughout the game? So I, I think mouse cards are like that situational thing where sometimes they're they're a game breaker. They they really open things up for you, but sometimes it just you never see it pay off in a way that that mattered. Right. Uh, yeah, I think they are closest to TI4 style action cards, like just kind of like surprise, yeah. gotcha. Right. Okay, now this happened. Right. Um, they, yeah. Um, and I also feel like this is probably a good time to mention, although it probably would have been better before or at the end, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, Lord of the Board, the oh, yeah. uh, YouTube channel, has a very good video. He he has a lot of really good videos, regardless. Yes. Uh, of, you should watch all of all of the root related ones. Um, are super fantastic. Uh, but he does have one in particular that does relate to the cards. Yeah. And uh, we have watched that, and that, that DNA is definitely in the I have watched that video like three or four times. Because yeah. I, I, he gets into the thematics of the card, just even just like the story elements of a card in mm -hmm. a way that I hadn't let myself like recognize. Just very, very smart. Really, really into really into what he's doing on his channel. Yeah. Um, so please yeah. check, check him out. Um, yes. Uh, to get into Fox too, uh, Fox is a very warfare focused um, mm -hmm. uh, suit. Extra, uh, it actually kind hits. of it, it's extra hits, it's extra defense, and the items themselves. I mean, I think anvils and swords are kind of the the second best item. Like if if root T is the best, and that's what boosts the mouse deck. Honestly, M mouse has this situational stuff, but then also has the root T's that are like incredibly reliable points. Mm -hmm. um, Fox has swords and anvils, which are both worth two points and are like a pretty decently reliable source of points as well. So getting at least one fox clearing is generally beneficial to you. Two sure. is yeah, like yeah, yeah. two. You get two fox clearing if you want to start punching, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 you can craft some abilities that really help you hit very very hard. Um, yeah. So, so for combat brutal, brutal tactics, actions. yes, is probably worth noting on its own as a card from the base deck that. Does it, it is it two fox that it is required for it? It is two fox. It? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't always recommend two fox. Right. Um, but I if do. If you're eerie, or maybe even like moles, like factions that are like, hey, sometimes I need to just come out swinging. Um, mm -hmm. Though that's when brutal tactics is is very much at the top of its game. Yeah. Um, so like so yeah, I, th this has all gotten kind of really specific about this, and, and it's because the abilities are generally really really hard to talk about because it, it's hard to know if in in Twilight Imperium we talk a lot about um, filling our gaps, fixing fixing our problems versus mm -hmm. the win more strategies of just doubling down on what we do. But I think in Root there's actually a little bit more freedom to do that double down strategy, and generally speaking with abilities. I'm trying to get abilities that 
reinforce what I'm doing more than just like, well, I don't have access to this, so I better do it that way. Now that changes completely in Exiles and Partisans. Exiles and Partisans deck is based almost solely around the idea that I'm going to get myself access to abilities that other factions have and I don't. So when we're talking about the base game deck, though, I am generally of the opinion that you actually do kind of want to lean into what your faction is already good at and mm -hmm. find an advantage through the cards. Because the thing about Root, once you especially get into like where all of your players are playing pretty well, it stops being about how can I do as much as possible and it starts being about how can I slow everybody else down. And if part of that equation can be, well, if I have a if I have card abilities that naturally reinforce my base game abilities, it will be easier for me to do my point scoring, which gives me more time to stop other people's point scoring. Right. If right. I'm dedicating all of my time and energy, all of my actions are only to score myself points. I'm not doing anything to stop other people's points, which means I'm going to fall behind uh, because that's that's just how it works in late game route. Right. Um, right. But if I am very easily able to do the things that my faction is good at and then I have that one extra action per turn to like, all right, let me go slap the Woodland Alliance here for a second. Right. That right. is where I'm going to find my advantages in, in a game of route. Yep. Yeah, and it, and it really depends on the faction that you're playing. Very much. How, how important certain abilities are going to be. Um, I think using the cats as a baseline uh, as a baseline is interesting because they're the faction I can think of where, like, they could use all of it. Yeah. There's, not a, every, there's not a single, every single card thing. Yeah. <laughs> that they, they might not want, at least in the base game. Um, and I hope none of you, I hope you guys aren't too annoyed that we are talking specifically just about the base deck uh, today, yeah. Um, this I do think an Exiles and Partisans whole episode is probably warranted. Yeah. Um, and this is probably like, to be honest, um, we're probably gonna talk whenever we're talking about each faction. Um, we're probably gonna reference the Exiles and Partisans deck more. Yeah. So if anything, this is kind of your overview of the base deck, and then like, it's kind of sayonara from, right from here on out because right. I think most of our Thus far, most of the games that we're playing uh, in order to build these um, these episodes are going to be with the Exiles and Partisans deck. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like I love the base deck, and I think it's a great way to learn the game. But it also feels like what we've described, you can see all over the internet people kind of coming yeah. to these exact same conclusions right. about it. Um, I don't think we've I mean, hit us up if we've said anything crazy or wild yeah, about yeah, these course. cards. But it, it does feel a little more. I hate it when people say a game is solved. Yeah. But it does. F it feels a little closer to being solved. Yeah. Not completely solved. Because whereas exiles solved makes, it, makes and, it sound dumb. Yeah. Exiles and partisans is like the the point of how it is built is that it is more um, plugging gaps and 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 smaller functional like basically the base game deck. There's a lot of things that are require two or three clearings of a single type and the exiles mm -hmm. and partisans deck is primarily single clearings. You just need to own one clearing. You can craft that thing at any time and it's it is much more of like a utility utilitarian right. sort of deck right. where it's just like ah, I'm just going to get this because I can get it right now and it'll definitely pay it's off because scrappier. it's an ability. Yeah, it's scrappier. Yeah. Um, and so to that end you can't solve it as easily because it's like who knows like a a moles with that eerie card plus the woodland alliance themed card like you know there's just a bunch of combos that can happen whereas 
in in this base game, you really aren't even crafting that many abilities in a single mm-hmm. game of Root because you, it, it takes a lot of territory control to get to that point where you can build right. the late game abilities. Right. Um, also, I feel like the Exiles and Partisans deck kind of introduces a new um, ability for cards to give you. I mean, it is kind of a take on something from the base game, mm-hmm. but the fact that the Exiles and Partisans deck has cards that allow you to traverse the terrain yeah. differently. Yeah. It's like, I think there's a difference between saying, like there's a Tunnels card in Exiles and Partisans deck that literally lets you kind of act like the moles and tunnel underground and come up somewhere right. else. Um, that is not quite the same as just giving you an extra move, yes. in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's a very different, more tactical thing that you are being given access to. Right, right. Uh, so in, positionally, in there's way. like a dimension yeah. to it. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of our, like, we, we're not deep into that deck yet, I would say. Right. I don't know how comfortable I feel going, like, all the way through it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So um, it does feel like overall, two bunny, one mouse, and then like one or two fox, yeah. or just one fox. One, yeah, it's really two bunny, really one setup. mouse, and one fox. And then if mm-hmm. you can get a second mouse or you can get a second fox, that is generally helpful. And then, of course, getting a third of any type is like, okay, you want to be Mr. Crazy Pants over there. But that, right. that is, you know, that basically comes up for favor of the, of the suit or, or things like that. But right. but two bunny is very much where the game feels the most like you can do a lot if you end up with two bunny clearings, which right. since every map only has four bunny clearings there is an obvious point of contention because <laughs> three to yeah. five <laughs> factions cannot all share two bunnies. So right. um, when it comes, if we were to, if we were to circle back around to the move and battle topic, um, the, the last note I would want to say is that is where I want to um, center my most important conflicts is around those bunny clearings. And, yeah. and a lot of times I, I, I gear my entire, war effort around am i focusing on bunnies or am i focusing on the fact that i might be the only person not going to bunnies right there are some factions where it's like ooh, i'm playing in the outer reaches that don't have anything to do with the bunnies or i'm in bunny town and i'm punching people every single round because we're fighting over bunny town yeah fighting over bunny town that's the <laughs> name of my book about root um fighting over bunny town fighting over all right me. well we got I hope that we, was helpful we, this is I, I hope it was too it was helpful for hunter and i and i think that might have to be the focus <laughs> of why we did it is we couldn't write more faction guides without having done this first I, I i keep saying faction guides and i definitely do not mean that and i hope people don't look at our future faction episodes they're as not guides, guides. They'll, they are they'll, overviews. they'll never be guides <laughs> but regardless uh i i i think we needed to set this baseline so that we can much more easily and quickly talk about the factions going forward. Because the, the way we're going to be able to focus on factions now is like, okay, we don't have to get into all the like move and battle stuff, because a lot of those things are known. So we can talk about how specifically cats differ from the norm when it comes right. to moving or battling, and how they right. differ from the norm and, and buildings. But we needed this guideline to get us through the future of our root episodes. Yeah. I'm also glad to have taken some time to discuss the base deck yeah. and kind of get that out of the way give it give it its moment in the sun give it its moment yeah exactly i don't want to just ignore it because a lot of i mean there are a lot of people right now that have the base deck and and, and that's, that's what it. they have they yeah. don't they don't have right. exiles deck um but i do i mean i do kind of want to just end this episode with a blatant advertisement for how how much fun that deck really yeah. is i love it yeah um, definitely yeah cool 
Um, let's. We don't have any errata, right? We don't no, really. No, I mean, errata. if it, I'll, I'll throw out one little thing of errata, and it is sure, just sure. like following up on in our Isarl episode a couple weeks ago, we talked about um, uh, PDS Isarl, but we kind of went, yeah. I mean, people talk about that. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you tell we didn't me. Know. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Imsen, who was one of the early proponents of it, in in even our pre errata, kind of. Uh, re re elaborated on it, so I just wanted to read Imson's post about PDS Asarl um, and why it is a good idea in certain cases. Uh, number one, your slice is influence heavy, which is something we did cover. We talked about you have a you have an influence uh, home system, and if your slice is also influence heavy, it means you're going to be drastically lacking in resources. Right? If you just don't have access to resources, convert this influence into defense through the construction secondary. Use your extra command counters and get some PDS. Number two, um, if your slice has a lot of influence, uh, making uh, that makes Sarween tools automatically a more useful tech for you round one. So you're now one step closer to PDS two by having a green and a yellow innately. Uh, Number three, if you have a yellow skip and you have resources in your slice, it might be a good idea to go uh, PDS Isarl. Number four, if you have Lodor or Quan north of your home system and you want to drop PDS in that wormhole and start doing things that are really sneaky through the wormholes, that you might you might be PDS Isarl. <laughs> And number five, if your neighbor is a bully oh, and you need oh, a really man. strong defenses, oh, you might be PDS is sorrow. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! We found. I was it. like, I was like looking at. I was prepping a thing I to know. talk about the Patreon in a second. That just completely <laughs> caught me by surprise. Oh man, that was that was Matt. You've been you've been. I feel like you're going to be a funny dad. You know? <laughs> I hope so. Like you haven't, you haven't been, you know, you've funny been on this middling, show. Yeah. been middling to, sure. to meh. Uh, I'm thinking the veggie tales bit, which I'll never forgive you for. What's some other, I'm, I actually remember bits from this show that I was like, Oh God. What a, what a nightmare uh, I put you through. Yeah. There was like the cotillion bit for Joel Nard. Do you remember that? That was so fun. I didn't like that one. Yeah, neither did uh, Yeah, Australian <laughs> accents. You don't um, like voices and singing. I get it. I don't like voices. I don't like singing. But you know who like loves voices and singing? You know who loves voices writing. and singing? I don't even like to watch comedy TV shows. I'm just like, send me the script. Yeah. I'll just read it. You know but what I mean? little babies, boy, do they, they love, love voices and singing. <laughs> they do love that. I can't That's wait to read The Hobbit to a child. That yeah. is, is going to be the peak of my life. Oh yeah, so let's just do so. So real quick before we uh, do the rundown. say our thank yous and goodbyes <laughs> and do the rundown. Uh, wh- where are we at with baby? Is baby where's baby? Oh, we baby coming. Are, uh, as we're of in the, the we're, we're very in, much in we're the in baby red the zone. Due, yeah. The due date is two weeks from today of the posting of this episode. Uh, next yeah. week is like the final doctor's appointment. Then it's just like we release you into the wild. Good luck with baby. Uh, <laughs> oh so, God, <laughs> we'll we'll see. I mean, we you know we we are currently in a moment of. We have no uh, physical indicators that it's around the corner, but also once that starts, it could happen any moment. So um, for for purposes of the show, I will say Hunter and I's plan is to record kind of a bevy of episodes this coming weekend so that we have a bit yes. of a stockpile um, mm-hmm. to, to not leave you all wanting. Um, but then that might 
there is there is a decent chance that that is the last time I record episodes for this show for ever a few ever. weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, so uh, what I want to call out is where we are currently. Ooh, and this will add a lot of drama to this week. Um, we're doomed? That, that would that be really fun. About? Right now, we are in the critical vul- show vulnerability yeah. zone. If baby comes between the Today recording of this episode. Yeah, yeah. So we, I've, been, I've been excited to call this out because I, I mean, and I'm going to knock on wood, but... If baby comes before Saturday, we are in a lot of trouble. We are in serious, <laughs> the show is in serious real trouble, and we will have to talk to you all. Community-wise, we will have to just be straight with you and just be like, listen, baby came in at worst time. Baby came worst time, okay? If we make it through Saturday and this baby does not We're come, good. we are we are in the in clear, the clear. Yeah. and then we've got this, y'all. No worries. But I just wanted to call out that we are in critically bad, that we are in critical baby zone. Everyone cross your fingers that there's no baby in the Seriously, next five days. Seriously, I'm not, I'm not messing with you. Yeah. We are in critical baby zone. And yeah, I will say uh, too, for the purposes of uh, how much this is going to throw off like our typical pre-errata schedule, uh, where we like, you know, a week out, we start collecting pre-errata. Start mm-hmm. sending us pre-errata right now for... Uh, if if you are a Patreoner, get in that Patreoner channel and send us uh, errata for the Nalu Collective. Send us errata for the L1Z1X. Uh, send us errata for the Marquise de Cat and the Erie. Uh, mm-hmm. Those two are going to be our the Erie Dynasties will be our first two root factions we talk about. So like mm-hmm. literally any of those four topics, start chucking us uh, all Please of label your ditties. Them. Please label them. Yeah, so. please tell us what you're yeah. talking about before you start talk, yeah, like, talking like about like a top just like line PD- thing. Well, I think PDS is pretty good with them. <laughs> okay, cool. With Great. the cats? <laughs> the cats. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, oh, wait, no, you do it because I, I messed it up last time and I did it the wrong way. What? The, what the, the rundown? I did the run. I did the rundown backwards, where I was like, "You remember? It was like last week or a week ago or two weeks ago, where I was like, I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters.' And then it was like, oh wait, now I have to talk again because I need to describe oh, my fan yeah. club.' And how about things. how about you run us through the schedule, and I'll thank the Patreoners immediately after you run us through the the votes, the votes yes. that are coming. Okay, up. so here's here's where we're at. Um, uh, so I actually messed up the hundred dollars fan club poll. I hope that didn't throw anybody off, <laughs> but I apparently didn't set. The end date. The end date was supposed to be for today, so I hope that didn't surprise you. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, it is over now. Um, here are the top two. These these are the top two, and don't worry. These top two, I saw them coming a mile away. So like, it's <laughs> we were it probably was not going to be a different outcome. Yeah. But um, the new poll is up now. It's your second round. You can vote on one of these two options uh, for me to stream uh, live on Twitch uh, on the nineteenth of June. So you can see me stream one of these two things. Uh, you can see me stream uh, me playing Twilight Imperium uh, for a custom 12-point game uh, where we played a 12. There might be more to it than that. I'm actually not even sure. It's just something people have been talking about, so you might as well try it. Um, and the other option is no support for the throne, uh, Twilight Imperium. Those are the options. Twilight juicy. Imperium RPG 2 did not make it. Huh. Um I thought, it, you Drats. know what? You might get it anyways, because I don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I want to do it. I want to yeah. do it again. I might, it might be maybe, maybe it'll be like when you get back from baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Cause like you'll be like done with baby, right? Like it'll be like you do right, baby after two and weeks, then like, like we solved, we figured out baby. It's pretty much baby yeah. figures it out. You're like here's food and like you can live in here. Yeah, this is where the toilet uh, is. I don't know, man. It's pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, you know, it's just like a, it's just like that. But um, I also want to talk about Galactic Council um, episode poll because it is buck wild um, <laughs> this time. We have finally a get uh, a Galactic Council poll where it's a tight race, okay? I'm gonna walk you through all these options because they are wonderful options. And if you are thinking about jumping on the Galactic Council, this would be the month to right. do it. Um, we've gotten 108, 108 votes thus far, but it's a tight race. Oh, oh also, I wanna ask you, Matt, which one do you think uh, isn't gonna make it? Of these five? Of these, yeah, of these five. Uh, this Imperium Life five. Nope, that Ooh. one's doing great. Wow. The one that the correct answer was Twilight Imperium, the movie two. That is oh, not well, doing I'm sorry. so hot. I I had completely blocked that one out of my eyesight <laughs> because I knew it definitely hundred percent wouldn't. Actually, so here, I, I remember looking at the the poll recently, and Lore is doing way better than I ever expected it would. Lore is currently winning. Um, wow. So here are your options: uh, a win making roundtable. Uh, where myself and several community members will talk about windmaking, and we're going to read some written pieces on the subject. That right now has 21 votes, pretty mm-hmm. doing pretty good. Ti the movie two only has 11 votes, uh, which is not good. Um, we have uh, the next one is which hey Ti the movie two, come on, let's do it, come <laughs> boost, on, boost those let's numbers. Do it. Um, next one is rules quiz extravaganza, where I just do rules quiz. That would be like a weird episode because it could potentially be me by myself, which mm. is odd. Uh, I wouldn't do that, obviously. I'd probably ask Milty to come on and ask me the questions. Um, that would just be, we find out how bad I am at the rules. Yeah. Um, the next one is This Imperium Life 5. Oh, also, Rules Rules Quiz has 25 votes. This Imperium Life 5, that one's kind of self-explanatory. Um, I don't know what the theme would be. I think it would just be we'd, we'd get some more and we'd do it again. Yeah, uh, that has 23 yeah, 23 votes for that one. And the surprise leader of the pack is the Twilight Imperium lore episode with, with 28 votes. Wow, that is so, very surprising. But this, this is this is a tight race. Um, and obviously, you know, the way this works is you guys have uh, another you have another eight days um, mm. to, to sign up and, and vote. And the top two from this will go to another poll. Uh, and it will be a 1v1 poll. But you can vote on as many of the options uh, as you want from this, and I'm pretty excited with how these have been received, and I think any of these episodes will be great. Obviously, T.I. the Movie 2 is the best option. Right, and you all failed. it's just not in the cards. (laughs) A sequel to our most popular episode that everyone loved. You, they didn't even have a rata for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because <laughs> you nailed it. I want to thank our space kitties and our weird bears. I want to thank our weird bears, Farganus, Brian, Billy, T.G. Welch, and Philroy. Newcomer Philroy, welcome to the yeah, club. I want to thank Phil our Roy. space kitties, Naderade, Patience is a Virtue, Polyphony Requiem, Julian, R.Y.'s, Hippie Peace Turtles, Gazkio, Strict Nine, Dark Jutsu, More Tension, and Bot Bot. Whew. Yeah. Oh, and let's do my Twitch schedule real quick um, for the week. I have I've totally spaced on that. Um, well, actually, first I'll tell you YouTube video. Uh, I'm getting back on editing the XCOM playthrough. I know mm. we didn't do one last week, um, but there there will be the one from two weeks ago. Will be on the YouTube uh, in the next couple of days. On uh, Thursday, I'll be doing my Thursday root stream. Um, I actually might do it later in the day. It's either going to be at noon or at six. Mm. I've been doing it at noon, but I'm actually thinking about moving it to an evening thing. Yeah. To an evening thing. Um, so I hadn't quite 
pay attention to the discord if you're yeah. you're interested in where i land on that um Friday, we'll be doing another episode of the XCOM show that I do with Read It and Weep. That starts at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, and then Friday, or wait, no, I just told you Friday. Saturday, we're actually recording all day, so I can't do my normal Saturday stream. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sunday, I'll be playing uh, Twilight Imperium in some configuration, probably uh, something to prepare for one of the guides that's coming up. Um, yeah. And yeah, there you go. Um, oh, and, and also book club. Yeah, book exactly. club is a thing now. Dune, so Dune won the book club vote. Uh, I, uh, it's funny that so the vote came out and I was like, oh, it's going to be Dune, and then I, I haven't gotten to read even a word of it um, because of everything else going on in the world and in our, in our lives. However, I am making the commitment uh, this week, and by the time you hear this, there will be a special text channel just for Dune talk um, made. And I'm just going to hop into that channel and talk about the book as I read it, basically. Um, I'll probably every chapter or so, like, just kind of say, yeah, it's it's actually, I looked, uh, I think I, like, just kind of flipped through the first chapter, and I did not, I did not remember that the first chapter goes straight into Paul putting his hand in the yeah, weird that's box. that's literally the first thing that happens. That's literally, the it's like. <laughs> is like literally the first thing that happens. <laughs> it's like, welcome to this story. Weirdo freaking weird creepy book an older lady is putting a little boy's hand in a pain box it's a crazy <laughs> weird pain box and it feels and you know so here's another this is super embarrassing i in high school did a dramatic reading oh, no. of the part where paul oh, puts no. his hand in the pain box like i'm in not drama. kidding yeah i did that not you did it as a prose yeah i did it as prose i just like read that dramatically for my class I used to do stuff like that. I was a weird Listen, that's kid. not as embarrassing as I did a I did an episode of Red versus Blue. Oh, <laughs> I did that too, dude. So gross. I also did that. <laughs> so dumb. Why that oh. didn't even make Do you guys I don't know if do you guys know what Red versus Blue is? It's like it was like Halo Hunter, they can't respond. comedy. Right well, now. I just like putting it. I like. <laughs> I miss. I miss doing comedy. I miss <laughs> saying stuff on stage and getting an immediate having that reaction. hit people and getting to talk to them about it. It was a beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I what a world a that will never return. But yeah, like hey, it's it was like Halo comedy sketches. Yeah. In Halo maps, like that was what a that was what a we novel were so, idea. We were such losers. They were such. I, I know there's probably like people that are like, hey, those guys are really Rooster Teeth. Those guys are really funny. They are funny. They are funny. Okay, shut up. But, <laughs> but I, I can look at myself that I was so willing to hop on that bandwagon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. That I was so ready to like, oh yeah, comedy sketches where it's just people playing Halo basically, but they have like stories and it's characters. I tried and to stuff. make my own as a dumb fifteen year old. Oh was, yeah, we that did. Was my first. That was one of our first filmmaking projects. projects. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what are I remember we doing we, anymore. What do we talk? Why? Why do we have this show? Why don't we have our cool Halo series? Why didn't that take off? Ugh. Okay, actually, here's something okay. that this can be productive in some way. I'm wondering, and just hit us up on the Discord. Just say wherever. I don't care where you put it. Just, just yell it. Yeah, you can just yell it in your house. I don't care. Um, how interested you would be? And no. so, me and Matt actually originally oh. met playing <laughs> Halo, <laughs> which is so weird because Halo isn't. Halo kind of ran out of gas yeah. as far as its cultural like like do you remember like Halo 2 
was like one of the biggest Things video game releases ever. Yeah. And Halo 3, I think, was even bigger than that. Why are we talking uh, about this? Well, okay. Well, hold up. <laughs> I know. I so, know where you're going. <laughs> so I think as a fun, like, you just had a baby, you're an adult now. What if we do a stream where we both get the freaking Halo Master Chief collection. remastered, whatever, and we play it on on Twitch. We play a co-op, co-op just through the campaign on Twitch. What do you think? I can't wait say? to ramp a Warthog. We're going to ramp I'm going to ramp that Warthog off a building. Halo was so n- not us, but we didn't know that at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? We were like, this is us. And then we found out, no, that's not us. But at the time, we really thought you it was us. You know how nowadays I... Uh, smash my head against tables mm-hmm. and um, yell at my friends. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't express to you, listener, how much worse <laughs> it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> and the the broken controllers and the abused uh-huh. friendships. Uh, yep. Honestly, what you've seen on streams here in the last two years—that's growth. It's progress. That's, that's yep. maturation on my part. You, you didn't see where he started. <laughs> Yeah, us all in that garage with all the different <laughs> Xboxes set up and and it was just like the we had we had such a good setup for like Halo Lands. Yeah, yeah. Uh everyone it was a pretty big area and like everyone would be on different TVs all connected. Uh not separate TVs, but like, you know, maybe somebody would have to share a TV over here or whatever. Um but you could always tell where Matt was and how Matt's game was going, <laughs> even though where there were like, you know, twelve boys in this garage. <laughs> you would know exactly what was going on with Matt. Yeah. Like <laughs> generally it was like a constant stream of just like if he, <laughs> if he's alive, you knew that. If he was dead, you definitely knew that. So like you didn't it was it made it easier because a lot of first person shooter team games is about communication. Uh-huh. But I was I didn't have to communicate yeah, if I was playing against Matt, it was like, okay, Matt's dead. Okay, don't have to worry about Matt right now. He's definitely dead because he just yelled about it uh, and described how he was killed. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. like, it was all you got of it. all it the information all the and where it was on the map and who was there and who was responsible. So anyways, if you like uh, hearing about my personal growth, give me five stars. Give me personally yeah. five stars Ooh, on I your like rating for Apple Podcasts and iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Space Cats Pod, Facebook and Discord. And now I just feel weird because I've been outed as a longtime person who struggles with anger management, apparently. Oh, hey. It would, dude. It's so much more relatable, if they, and of course they know that. Nobody, anybody that's watched the Holiday Spectacular and saw you destroy that chair, they know like, oh, this didn't just start yesterday. You know right. what I mean? Like, it very much sends that message of a, uh, oh, this is a lifetime. We don't want to meet his dad. <laughs>